When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans, for Auburn fans. War Eagle Auburn family, and welcome back to another edition of Inside the Jungle, your source for Auburn men's basketball analysis and discussion here on the E2C Network. We're still in the middle of summer of 2021, and usually that means very limited amount to talk about in terms of Auburn men's basketball outside of some recruiting news and maybe eventually some scheduling talk. But that right now is few and far between. So what we've been talking about a lot this summer is a tournament known as the basketball tournament, most original name in the entire world, but the basketball tournament. So what today on this episode, we're going to be breaking down is this tournament the team that is related to Auburn, highly related to Auburn, with a plethora of former Tigers part of it, and their performance and not-so-great result in the very first round of this tournament. All that here on this episode of Inside the Jungle. If you don't know me, my name is Kyle. I'm the editor-owner of the E2C Network, where we uh, talk about anything and everything, Auburn, and obviously very heavy on the sports here, but really anything Auburn goes here. Usually I have my co-host, Gray Oldenburg, here with me on the show, but unfortunately he was unable to join me. And honestly, Gray, if you're listening to this, I'm doing you a favor (laughs) because this is not one that's going to be fun to talk about and not a lot of great things to break down in terms of Auburn men's basketball in the summer. So I think it's appropriate before we get into actually talking about uh, the result of this and what made it not so great is to give a little bit of a very brief breakdown of what we're actually talking about for those of you that maybe tune in for the very first time to this network, but also for the very first time, uh, maybe following something about Auburn men's basketball. So the basketball tournament is something that occurs every single summer in the last couple of years uh, where teams are put together uh, around a theme, usually players from a certain region or just no theme at all, but a lot of the teams will put to be put together based on former college alumni. 64 teams are put into this field and they compete uh, single elimination until they have one winner at the end who will win a pot of $1 million. Now, the recent history of this, kind of putting all of this into a nutshell, a team known as Tampa 2020 started adopting a lot of Auburn players early on. They brought in more and more, changed their name to War Tampa the previous season, and this year finally rebranded to a completely Auburn, almost completely Auburn-based team uh, known as War Ready. And that's how we got to this point. Let me go ahead and give you a breakdown. I, we talked a lot about this in our preview of the tournament, if you did listen to that. But again, just for those to so have some context of who is part of this team, uh, Simeon Bowers, a lot of you will know that name, from a few years back, a center for Auburn, Dangel Purifoy, uh, a name very familiar for the Final Four team, and I'll kind of run through the rest of these very quickly here. Deshaun Murray, uh, we also had Javon McCormick, Josh Dollard, Kareem Canty, LaRon Smith, Malik Dunbar, 
TJ Lang and TJ Dunnan's rounding things out there uh, for the team as well. Now, technically, there is also two other players I haven't mentioned yet. One of those being Bryce Brown. Bryce was listed as part of this team. We'll get to that in just a second. Did not compete with the team in this tournament. There was also another player known as Isaiah Williams, who was from the Sanford and Georgia State. He spent two, uh, at least a stint there each during his college playing career. So he's the one lone Auburn player that was part of the program at some point. Fortunately, he didn't compete in the actual tournament. So I don't really have much to say about him, but he was part of the team at this point. But outside of that, completely Auburn-based, even the head coach, Frankie Sullivan. A lot of you will know him as a fan favorite for the Auburn Tigers in the transition period uh, between Jeff Lebo and uh, <laughs> the names who shall not be mentioned, Tony Barbie, uh, and then obviously uh, to Bruce Pearl. Uh, Frankie Sullivan was a household name and someone that even has been on Bruce Pearl's staff. He uh, was able to be named as the head coach. In fact, a lot of the players wanted him to be the head coach in this. Uh, the result, not what we wanted, not what we uh, needed and were hoping for, especially with the just enormous amount of talent that they pulled in from around Auburn's past decade or so here, uh, even dating back to Josh Dollard, who's probably the oldest member and the the latest, or the furthest back in the tenure that is Auburn and, and the history that they've had. Uh, so they did compete in this tournament in the very first round as a five seed versus the 12. Auburn versus the Buccaneers of East Tennessee. We'll get to that in just a second. But I do want to kind of shape how the week kind of started out. And it kind of maybe showed you how things were going to go, honestly. Uh, like I said, the game did not w- go well. But the scrimmage, however, which happened, I think, the Thursday before the game happened on Sunday in southeast, uh, a town just below Atlanta, southeast of Atlanta. They did get a win over the Georgia Kangaroos. Think, let that sink in for a second. Never heard of the Georgia Kangaroos. Apparently, they're a professional basketball team, quote, unquote. I don't know if that's semi-pro, where they fall into professional basketball and things like that, but that's what their Twitter account is listed as, a professional basketball team. Uh, the War Ready team did get the win in that scrimmage to get them geared up for the tournament before they headed off to their regional in West Virginia. Now at that scrimmage, we found out that Bryce Brown was not competing, at least in the scrimmage. And it resulted that he would not be competing in the actual tournament itself, which was a huge, huge disappointment for Auburn fans. It's no shock to say it's no, uh, I think disrespect to the rest of the players on this team but he was the headliner, the one that everybody was coming to see, wanting to see, uh, probably the fan favorite. So it was a humongous blow in morale, uh, in what he would have contributed to the team and what an area that was really much needed. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, very lacking since Bryce Brown wasn't able to compete. Now, there are discussions and rumors galore, as things tend to do on social media, about what actually happened. Uh, you know, there's rumors about an injury that was nagging him last year in, during the tournament, uh, nagging him again this year that kept out there was contract issues. Here's what I do know is that he was not listed on the roster pitchers uh, here on the website. So I can confirm that he was not listed as part of the team. That's the only thing that I know, which was a humongous disappointment. Also, uh, Deshaun Murray was not able to compete in the actual tournament game as well. He was part of the war a Tampa team last year where they started congregating all the Auburn uh, players together and it was a humongous contributor. I personally was most excited about Deshaun Murray 
uh, playing in this game. So that was a that was almost I'll just say it. It was a bigger disappointment to me than not having Bryce Brown because Deshaun is my type of player, just a hard nosed guy that plays bigger than he actually is, and that was the biggest disappointment for me. Isaiah Williams also did not compete. Another huge blow to depth. So that's two guards and then a and a very versatile player who can kind of play anywhere in Deshaun Murray. Uh, probably listed more in the small forward area, which is something we probably did need. So depth was hurting big time for War Ready heading into the tournament with those three not participating in the actual game. So let's talk about this game. The opponent, the 12 seed, the Buccaneers. This is an East Tennessee State-based team. Um, a lot of their alumni there. Now, for most of you out there, and I shouldn't say most of you, but for a lot of you out there that maybe don't follow college basketball or uh, you know, just basketball in general to the extent that maybe someone like I, I do, it, it's a very good program that is small. I would call them mid or small mid-major school, but they are producing a lot of talent. They are very much respected in the college basketball world. When you go to their place to play or you invite them there, you take them seriously. This isn't a tune-up game. This is a team that you need to be ready to have your game face on or they will beat you. Kind of saw that happen here, even though it technically wasn't East Tennessee State versus Auburn Plain, but their former players were, and we see what the result is here. So, Obviously, you needed to respect the talent that was going to be congregating there. And, I, and I'll make this argument personally, and this is a step out, I grant you. I would argue that East Tennessee State alumni probably were more the best of their talent, former talent, was more willing to come and play in this tournament. We all know that the NBA has only a few spots, and the best of the best make it there. And that's not a knock against anybody that's not in the NBA or that's playing this tournament, or, or even some of our Auburn players. Uh, but what you are getting is those that are available, which means they're not part of a, a, an active NBA roster, which means that they're not beholden to probably contract restrictions and things of that nature. Um, so you are getting the best that you can get, not necessarily that it's not the best, but the best that you can get. With Auburn, especially the way they have tra their trajectory has been the last couple of seasons, especially under Bruce Pearl, they have been sending more and more players with opportunities in the NBA and not just in the NBA, but other professional basketball realms as well. I would make a very bit of a step out, but an assumption that East Tennessee probably has an easier time drawing, drawing in some of their better talent to participate with each other in this tournament, not making excuses, just trying to kind of find reasonings for what probably happened here. But there are a lot of you know ways that you could kind of, slice this thing up and try to figure out exactly why it didn't go well. We're going to take a quick break from this episode for a special announcement. One of the things that we take great pride here at the E2C Network are our listeners are really our E2C Network family. Now, I know they enjoy listening to us, but let's be honest, every once in a while, they probably would like a little bit of change of pace. Well, that's where you come in if you're a business owner. If you have any interest in partnering with us in terms of ads or sponsorships on our podcast episodes, you can reach us at e2cnetwork at gmail.com. Let us help you reach the widest variety of Auburn fans out there. I mean, come on, who else listens to a network where they cover everything from Auburn football to The Bachelor and the connections it has with Auburn. Utilize our podcasts, Facebook live shows, and other flexible partnership opportunities that are available upon request. Let us help you reach the E2C Network family and the Auburn family at large on how you might best be able to serve them. 
reach out to us at e2cnetwork at gmail.com for more information. That's all we have for you in this special message. Let's get back into the episode. War Ready Falls, second year in a row as being an Auburn somewhat based team, uh, to the Buccaneers 50 to 77. And it was not pretty from the get go. <laughs> uh, honestly, I, I, I got, I just got to be honest. It, this was much worse than the game last year. Um, War Tampa at the time last year came out, uh, let them get out to a little bit lead, but kept kind of fighting back in and even kind of made a slight run at the very start of the second half. Um, the bucket nears this year against War Ready just hit War Ready in the mouth from the get go and never let looked back. It, there was never a time that I can recall where they were making a run uh, to really kind of clean this thing up and try to get it back on track. Honestly, if if we're <laughs> going to be completely honest here, it, it mirrored a lot of what was happening in the early part of Bruce Pearl's uh, coaching career here at Auburn with some of the players that were there at that time. Uh, a lot of things, uh, some of the deficiencies they were having at certain points in whatever season it was kind of reared its ugly head again, whether it was three-point or just shooting in general, uh, whether it was turnovers, whether it was cohesion with the team, who was the leader, you know, kind of thing. You, you saw, I think, a microcosm of what can go wrong in a situation like the tournament where you're asking a bunch of players to come together for a short amount of time and ask them to be cohesive and to compete as a team. Now there in the other side of the argument here, a lot of these players have played with each other. I mean, three of the final four team members were here in Daniel Purifoy, uh, Malik Dunbar, and then it would have been Bryce Brown as well. So, you know, you could have made the argument that they had some familiarity with each other and probably should have maybe worked together just a little bit better, but 77 to 50, the Buccaneers, the 12 seed upset the five seed war ready to move on uh, to the second round. Now, if I, I will jump ahead just a second, if you want to make you feel better about this situation, they are clearly underseeded. Uh, they went on to meet to beat uh, armored athlete and are now facing the number one seed in this regional who I think is sideline cancer is their name. Not what sure what their affiliation is or, or where they got the name from, but uh, they are the number one seed in that regional. So clearly Auburn found themselves and I keep calling it Auburn, but war ready found themselves in the face of a very good opponent in the bucket Just to give you a little bit of break, breakdown of kind of how things shaped out for some of the players in this game. Obviously again, no Bryce Brown, no Isaiah Williams, and sadly for me, no Deshaun Murray. Deshaun Murray would have rocked this uh, rebound and probably assist columns as well. The way he plays his game, just extremely versatile. And I, I know I keep gushing about the guy, but biggest disappointment for me that he wasn't there. A nice surprise was having Kareem Canty. There were a few flashes we saw of the extreme talent that he had while he was at Auburn. Uh, nailed a pretty deep three-pointer, uh, resulting in overall with some other baskets that he got five points and one assist for him. Javon McCormick was asked to do a lot again. Unfortunately, that happened a lot to him in his career. And unfortunately, with Bryce Brown being out, Isaiah Williams being out, Deshaun Murray even probably you know, would have given him some relief as a kind of a versatile player as well, being on the court, uh, was asked to do a lot here and take a lot on his shoulders. He only gets three points, gets one rebound, and one assist on the day. Dan Gell, look at him. Dan, you know, Dan Gell was known for having a great back half of the season. I think in both his last two seasons, personally, he gets 10 points on the night. Not the leading scorer, but he gets 10 points and three rebounds. 
honestly, Dan Gill did what Dan Gill uh, did a lot in his last couple of seasons at Auburn, where you turn around and look at the stat sheet and you're like, where did his points come? Where did his statistics come from? He, and you forget that Dan Gill is a great, what I will call a sixth man. And, and even the, if he's in the starting role, a sixth man is someone that just kind of puts their nose to the grind and just does what they're supposed to do. And he's when you combine that with the talent that Dan Gell has, you get results like this, where you look at the stat sheet and you're like, where did those points come from? It's because not only does he make opportunities for himself, he makes opportunities for others, thus setting himself up for better in the future. So I'm impressed in a bad situation with Dan Gell Purifoy's overall performance. TJ Dunnans, four points, one assist, one rebound, and one block arguably probably the most diverse stat sheet here. Uh, TJ Dunn, not surprising, a very versatile player, kind of very similar in the vein to Deshaun Murray, uh, can tend to play a little bit bigger than he actually is, uh, but he's still more of a guard type, only four points for him. But Simeon Bowers, nice to see him again on the court. Love his attitude, love his ferocity. He gets four points and four rebounds. Not a bad night for Simeon Bowers overall. Good to see TJ Lang again, who uh, left the program a little bit early. Some of these other players left early as well, but just I always remember that I was disappointed when he left. No points for him tonight, uh, but he gets two assists and he gets three rebounds for his stat line. Malik Dunbar, not bad for him as well. Four points, uh, one assist and six rebounds. Malik has a tendency to be a very good rebounder. He's a big, strong guy. Not as tall as some of the other ones, but again, similar to Deshaun Murray. Plays a lot bigger uh, than he might seem. Not surprisingly, honestly, because we saw, I I think one of the guys that probably didn't see his talent realize as much as he could have during his short time at Auburn, LaRon Smith, who was part of War Tampa last year and unfortunately didn't get to compete, uh, and I forget the reason why, but is definitely the leader of the team in terms of stats and contributions here in terms of physical things that you can look at. 12 points for him on the night seven rebounds and one block, a very solid performance. And you can see why that he was put into the starting lineup. I I honestly, I did predict that Simeon Bowers was going to be the starting center for them, uh, but I was not shocked to see that uh, Frankie Sullivan had decided as the head coach to make a decision to put LaRon in. And you can see what he was really seeing in practice and during the scrimmage. He made the right decision by having LaRon out there as the starting big man uh, for them overall. So very pleased with his performance Uh, again Deshaun Murray was not there he's still listed in the stat sheet so please if you're out there listening if you can help me understand why that was was he actually on the sideline I didn't see him granted I was watching this on the road but (laughs) uh he's still listed in the stat sheet with no stats Josh Dollar can't get away without missing him I, I didn't realize he got eight points overall but eight points for him and three rebounds uh, when you look at team stats in this, it obviously extremely favors uh, the bucket nears in this. Uh, points in the paint, though, uh, already does win that, which is surprising the way that the Buccaneers were kind of out-rebounding them at times. 28 uh, points for already 24 for the Buccaneers. That's honestly the best thing that I can give you and, and the biggest stat line here and probably what would have made the biggest difference in terms of what actually happened in the game is the turnovers 15 for war ready now 12 for the bucket nears, but those 15 turnovers always seem to come at very crucial times in the game where they probably could have cut into what was becoming a very insurmountable lead at times, 
um, a little bit sooner and maybe made things a little bit more manageable going into the last part of the game. Overall, the Tigers, as I've already mentioned out, and I keep calling them the Tigers, it's hard not to do that. Uh, the three-point shooting by Buccaneers was surprising and came out and just, when when there's a team that is just shooting lights out, you cannot make mistakes. And already did with the turnovers, uh, in cohesion, the depth uh, issues that they were having, the roster jostling around, just was not a recipe for success. And And I feel like, whereas last year there was a situation where there wasn't a lot of organization with the team. This was a team that suffered from a lot of things that necess- that were kind of out of their control. Uh, I don't want to take a, too much of the responsibility off of them uh, because, you know, it's their job to deal with that and, and work around that and try to be successful. But, you know, you can't ignore some of the things that were unfortunate that might have helped. Right. If Bryce Brown's there, and I keep stuttering here, but if Bryce Brown was there, uh, this is a much different story. And I'm not trying to say that one player makes the complete difference here, but if he get, comes in there and starts making at least a, a three-pointer here and there, uh, it, it opens up other guys for shots, and they're not being pressured and forced to take so many three-pointers when they know they've got their guy there who can knock it down in a heartbeat. And when he gets on a hot streak, there's no telling what can happen. And when you got like a, a guy like Deshaun Murray in there just fighting tooth and nail – He's an energy guy, a guy that drives others to be better. So I'm disappointed. I truly am because this was at times a very embarrassing performance and they know that and I'm not telling them anything that they don't know. But I do believe that if this team is able to stay together and are able to come back um, and compete the most, the majority of them, they could probably build something that could be a little bit more successful you know, Gray and I predicted that anything beyond uh, a one win in this tournament or anything below one win was a disappointment, and that's frankly what it is. But I do believe that they have the talent and they have the ability to be much better. So we'll see what happens. I hope that the Auburn family out there won't abandon War Ready just yet. We'll see if they'll retain their Auburn theming and stuff like that. I think that you all, as the Auburn family members have shown them the power of uniting us all together. And that's why they went wholesale into this. So that would be my biggest encouragement, support these players, support the organization, because when someone latches on to Auburn, we show them the reason why that's an important decision to make. So that is what I hope that you'll take away from this disappointment, obviously, but you'll maybe be hopeful for the future. So that's mainly what I have for you on this episode. I appreciate you tuning in and hearing what I had to say about this and uh, obviously saving this unfortunate and some not so fun discussion at times from Gray. We'll be back again together in the very near future as we get some more news uh, for Auburn men's basketball related stuff. Obviously the NBA draft will be coming up soon and we'll be getting some scheduling or recruiting news. All that good stuff is going to be gearing up as we get closer and closer to Auburn men's basketball season. Thank you for tuning in this episode of Inside the Jungle. Until I talk to you again, War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?